This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It'll be a top 10 victory for the Rebels. Great performance top to bottom by Kermit Davis and company tonight. 80 to 59, your final score. My co-host Ryan Horvat had Ole Miss. My executive producer Eli Hershkovich also on Ole Miss. But he didn't say it during the show. He says, ah, I might, maybe, possibly. And then he tweets it out after the game gets going. What a jerk. BetQL and Radio.com have partnered up to help you beat the sports books. Use the promo code daily for 20% off any subscription. BetQL helps sports bettors of all types. From the first time, bettors are hardcore. Make more informed betting decisions using data and analytics. Use our promo code daily for 20% off any subscription for BetQL. Now we bring in Eli Herskovich to discuss his favorite bets for tonight in college basketball, he he co-hosts, should not say host, he co-hosts the BetQLU podcast. Eli, do you consider yourself the main host on that show or still trying to figure that out? And why do you promote the BetQLU podcast on Twitter more than anything else like the show you executive produce on a daily basis? It's a fair point. We're trying <laughs> to grow a subscriber base. And also, if I'm the host or if I'm the co-host, then my co-host – my, I guess the main host, Thomas Casale, if he wants to consider himself the driver, himself that. The, the, the driver, driver, like we call it in the business. Yeah. If I'm the co-host, then the other co-host or the other host should not be betting a Houston future the game before <laughs> the day before they lose outright to East Carolina. That's all I'll say. Well, I'll bring it up every show because uh, he wants to kill me for some of my Iowa fades. Okay. Um, how did you feel about last night? Uh, you went one and one, right? Yeah, one and one lost the Georgia Tech bet. They were up in the second half. They were up six at the break. I, know. So I thought it was going to cover. Yeah, not and happy. Then, yeah, <laughs> not great. You. Yeah, and then Ole Miss against uh, Mizzou. I mean, that was a dominant performance. To be fair, though, Joe, you said I didn't talk about it or I was uneasy. I did say in the back end that Ole Miss live. You can get them live probably at a good number in the first half, early in the first half, or you can get or you can bet a pregame. And they closed minus two and a half, and they were down like seven, eight points in the first few minutes of that game, Mizzou is hitting a lot of shots. So either way, if you listened, you were a winner. How close were you to betting Rutgers? I wasn't because of the CJ Frederick news. He ended up playing for Iowa, got into some foul trouble in the first half, but Iowa just hit a ton of threes. It's kind of been a problem with Rutgers all year. Their shot making is just inconsistent and they didn't hit enough shots. Didn't hit enough threes yesterday at Iowa. I didn't want to. I didn't want to bet him, uh, especially with the Frederick news. And I'm glad I stayed away. Eli, talk me out of uh, Cal tonight against Utah. <laughs> Utah opened up as five and a half road favorites. I see it now as I look on points bet four and a half. Utah, fifty five percent of the tickets. Cal, eighty nine percent of the money. Talk me out of that one. 
I knew you were going to be on Cal. When I looked at the card, Ryan, I said, what game is Ryan Horvath going to be betting today? I, I thought it was Cal coming off those back-to-back losses, like you mentioned, against Stanford. I, I like this Cal team a little bit. They have a really good guard and Matt Bradley in Utah. They've had some impressive wins so far this season. The big comeback, uh, comeback at Colorado stands out down 19 in the second half. I end up winning that one outright. And Utah's perimeter defense giving up a uh, bottom 103-point scoring rate in, in college basketball. And Pac-12 play, is it much better? The second highest three-point scoring rate allowed in uh, in conference play. And Cal has the highest. So if Bradley's going from three and this team could stretch the floor, I think Cal getting a couple possessions is a good play. What are your thoughts on Purdue-Minnesota tonight? I also kind of like Minnesota a little bit, but um, Purdue on the road. I saw it last. I saw it was plus three and a half. Yeah, the, the market is very high on Minnesota. Uh, they've struggled a little bit in Big Ten play. They're coming off a, a big win against Nebraska at home. And by big, I mean scoring margin, not necessarily in terms of the outcome and the opponent. But overall, they've lost three of their last five games. They have a big home win against Michigan. They followed up that with a 14-point a loss to a Maryland team that is so inconsistent offensively. The one issue I have with Minnesota, and maybe they break out of it today because you think about where Purdue is worse defensively, it's defending the three, kind of like Utah giving up the 20th highest three-point scoring rate in college basketball. and But Minnesota is so inconsistent from three. And you think about some of those big non-conference wins, or at least conference wins, late in uh, last year. Uh, they, they beat Iowa at home when uh, I think it was Christmas uh, Day. And they came back down seven with like 30 seconds to go. They win that one outright in overtime. But they hit a ton of threes in that game, including Carr's uh, game-time shot. Uh, around two seconds to go in regulation. But this team is not a good three-point shooting team overall in conference play. I mean, they're bottom 50 overall in, in college basketball, Division One, but they're dead last in the Big Ten in three-point shooting. I get why the market is kind of high on Minnesota, a revenge spot coming off that, what, 20-point loss to Purdue about a week and a half ago. But I'm staying away from this Minnesota team. It's not like they're coming off three straight losses. They have a big win, or again, from an outcome standpoint against Nebraska on Monday. Can they shoot the three ball? That's the biggest question mark. I don't see enough value in the lines about the Gophers. This is BetQL Daily live on the BetQL Audio Network, weekdays 10 a.m. to 1 Eastern, 8 to 11 a.m. Mountain on 1430 in Denver. Subscribe to the podcast. Listen at your leisure. Make sure you do that and tell a friend. Uh, you could watch us, radio.com slash BetQL-Daily, even though Eli does not have the video set up. I don't know what's going on there. Hopefully sometimes next week after the holiday. Eli, I it's tough for me to talk about tonight's card and not get bothered, and I know you have to be bothered by the fact that last night – we could have had Baylor, Oklahoma, and tonight we could have had three against six in Michigan and Illinois. Yeah, man, the COVID layoff thing sucks. And Jake, our board op, is shaking his head because he's a Illinois graduate, big, big Illini fan. <laughs> That'd be so big tonight, man. Yeah, uh, it, it, re- it really does suck. You wonder, we kind of mentioned this yesterday, you wonder how Michigan is going to come off the COVID layoff. They're still one of the best teams in college basketball, but biggest issue for them, biggest issue for Illinois right now is turnovers. They're both at the bottom half of the league in turnover rate in, in conference. And Michigan is dead last actually in turnover percentage in, in a, in a negative way. So I, I wonder how the Wolverines are going to look even with that really good front court with Isaiah Livers and Dickinson. You mentioned one of the other uh, matchups we could have had tonight if there, you know, if there wasn't COVID going on right now in the world, but it's disappointing. We're still going to get it though. We're not going to get the Baylor Gonzaga regular season matchup, non-conference matchup that we wanted, but the big 10 conference in terms of the tournament, like we're seeing this across college basketball, 
I don't think it's as good of a chance as some people think that we're going to get conference tournaments from what I've heard. So we could get some of these regular season games pushed back like Michigan, Illinois. I think it's already in the works, but in terms of pushing back and removing the conference tournament completely to get some of these uh, conference games in. Eli, speaking of some teams that are coming off of COVID, you know, we talk about futures and obviously I'm really high on Baylor and Gonzaga as everybody else on the planet is. What are your thoughts on Villanova? Uh, Last night, a dominant win over Marquette where they outscore Marquette. I think it was like 52 to 30 or something like that in the second half. What are your thoughts on Villanova as as maybe a future bet or as, you know, uh, if, if you're looking elsewhere besides Gonzaga, besides Baylor? I'm good. This team reminds me a lot of the team from a couple of years ago that lost to Purdue in the round of 32. They they have the 60th highest uh, adjusted defensive efficiency on Kempom. But when you think about those title teams that won it, the first one back in 2016, they were fifth in adjusted D the one, the two years after that, they were 11th in, in college basketball. As much as they relied on the three that season, like, you know, like I think top five in, in three point scoring rate. And they hit all those threes on the way to the final four and winning, the, winning the title against Michigan, who we were just talking about. I just worry about that defense. I like those guards. They're really athletic up front, but also Robinson Earl, who was a Naismith candidate coming into the season against a couple of those Gonzaga players. Although Luca Garza, Iowa's big is probably going to win it. He hasn't really developed as much as I thought down low. And that's probably the key to defensively too. Uh, but but this Villanova team gets in lapses where they just can't defend. We saw it over the weekend against Georgetown. I know they beat Marquette pretty handily last night, but I'm not super high on the way Marquette is playing basketball. I don't know about anybody that is right now. So defense concerns me a lot with Villanova. Any other games that you wanted to hit for tonight? Yes. Stanford, Colorado. That is my bet on tonight's college basketball card on points bet. You could still get Stanford at plus one. This one, I think, opened at Circa yesterday. At Colorado minus four, but that got bet down on a soft opener pretty quick to plus one and a half, which is where the rest of the market opened up at. The big question for Stanford is if Zaire Williams, their five-star freshman, is going to play tonight. He was active against Cal on Sunday night in the second leg of that two games and three nights for Cal or you know two and four nights for Cal and Stanford. I, I wonder if he's going to play, but the Stanford team is still playing good basketball. You, you think you wonder if they win that game by double digits against Cal on Sunday because they were up 18 points in the second half. Cal just backdoored that to make it a six point game. And they were down like 12 with, with 50 seconds left. So it's not like the scoring margin was that tight down the stretch, like a one or two or even a three possession game for Cal and Stanford over the weekend. Stanford has a size advantage. And I think the Silva is able to get a lot of open opportunities down low. He can also attack the rim off the dribble. Delaire is playing really well for Stanford. So from a size perspective with those threes and fours that can attack off the dribble against a smaller Colorado team. Colorado's given up the third highest three, uh, two point scoring rate in college basketball or actually in the PAC 12 that is. And Stanford is, is uh, scoring at the highest two point scoring rate in PAC 12 play. So that size advantage is a big deal for me tonight. And you might be getting some value too. If Zaire Williams is even able to play like 10, 15 minutes off the bench. Uh, Eli had a futures question for you. So there are a lot of projections out there right now with the majority of the uh, regular season in, I I think they're quite fair. And so I was looking at some teams projected to be top four seeds and there might be some value. So I need to check with you. Is there value in any of these teams? Ohio state at the time projected as a one is there value in 20 to one Alabama projected as a two at the moment, 25 to one. Projected threes, Virginia 21, 20 to 1, and Missouri 
50 to 1. Ohio State, Bama, Virginia, Missouri. Some pretty nice numbers. Any value in any of those? No. Maybe Alabama. I mean, you know I'm high on them, but Ohio State. Missouri Missouri at 50. If they get a three, that's not value? There's value from the perspective of the number and the seed, but I don't like that team overall. They turn the ball over a little too much. All those guards do. We saw that yesterday against Ole Miss, and when they couldn't hit threes, that Ole Miss team actually, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to make the Elite Eight Final Four, but they have a team with Devontae Shuler that can really defend, and they had a lot of transfers coming in. Romello White from Arizona State, the big man. If they get there, if they're, if this defense continues at this kind of pace, which I think it could, Kermit Davis is a very good coach. We saw that middle uh, Tennessee State team beat Michigan State when he was there like four or five years ago. They upset like Denzel Valentine, Brian Forbes, that MSU team. I, I, I don't like Mizzou's outlook, though, just going on the flip side of that back to back to Mizzou and the SEC. I don't like Mizzou yeah. because of their turnover rate and because of uh, just their inconsistency from three. Alabama, man, it's crazy to look at Kempom. They have the lowest adjusted defensive efficiency on Kempom for an 8-0 mm. team that pushes the floor. That's the only team I would look at with value among those four teams. Yeah, that's what I was thinking you were going to say. You love Alabama. And if there are two at 25-1, to one, we got it at 80 or very early in the season. Maybe there is some value there.